Yo, what is good? Sixers Nation, welcome back on in Philly Take with RB. You know what to do, man. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the show right now. Ring the bell so you don't miss any of the upcoming coverage. Man, five days away. We're almost there, man. Sixers training camp on the come up. I can't wait to get into all of it. We're going to discuss top camp battles, biggest questions, top storylines, everything else that you need to know regarding this team, man. Excited to break it all down. Today's show is sponsored by Let's Get Checked, leading provider of at-home testing. They make professional health testing much easier for you if you want to avoid those tiresome, long, dreary doctor's visits, all the uncomfortable insurance stuff. Check them out. Link down below in the description. Click on their link. Go check out their products. Use promo code Philly25 for 25% off. We're back with a special guest, man. Returning to the show, not for the first time, but for a second time. And uh, that is with Sixers beat reporter, USA Today contributor, the one and only Austin Krell. Austin, thanks for joining the show again, man. How you doing? No problem. Thank you for having me, RB. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great, man. How pumped are you after what's been, honestly, a, a non-drama offseason for once in our lives, right? How excited are you to get into this Sixers training camp and, and this upcoming season, man? Hey, you know, it's funny. I, the other day I was thinking, like, I, I was kind of, like, sitting at my desk, and I was like, hmm, I wonder I haven't, like, published any written content in a while it's like i wonder if the sixers will be mad about that and i realized like i'm sure given some of the things they've had to they, they, they've had to work around in previous off seasons they're they're probably you know at least a little bit relieved that there's not a wave of written content to come out about them so yeah you know it, it's definitely been a bit, bit quiet it's been normal um, but I am definitely ready for not just the, uh, you know, the Sixers are one part of the basketball season. I'm ready for the entire season yeah. to come back. I can't watch, yeah. you know, baseball too much more, uh, football <laughs> every night. I need, I need my basketball back. So, oh yeah, man. So yeah. Yeah. You need your daily dose of, of NBA and Sixers stuff, man. If you guys are not following him on Twitter as well, NBA Krell, he does great work. I also just wanted to say, man, you know, I was thinking about earlier today from the last time we collaborated uh, it was like a year and like a month ago up until now, just the stuff like you've been able to do, man, how you've taken that step in your career. Um, like just all the great coverage, man. It's really inspiring to somebody like me, man. So you, you've been doing great things and, you know, continue to keep on with that. Thank you. You know, it's, it's definitely, um, something that I'm proud of. It's one of my best, my greatest accomplishments in life that I've, uh, you know, I didn't really have an, uh, uh, a formal background in this and I was able to build to where I am just yeah. by working hard. So, um, you know, you can't get too high. You can't get too low, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's a long way to go still, but I appreciate the compliment. For sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. And and we were just talking a little while before this. So you're actually headed to your first ever NBA training camp with the Sixers, man. Talk about, you know, how excited you are for that. And, and, you know, man, it's like a dream come true, right? Um, so I don't really like, know what to expect. Like this is my first media day. This is my first training camp. Um, I, I think my expectation is just like be prepared that that you know to once they let you in, 
to the gym and you know things are settled down and the guys are not going over actual like game stuff you know yeah have your camera ready because you know people are people are, are thirsting for you know their content and you know, yeah. if if you can get a video of Tyrese Max doing something or you know whatever, you're, you know it's you're, you're going to get you know some 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 traction. So you know those are the you also have to be careful with that because you know you you, you never you, you don't want to live for you know the retweet. Uh, yeah. So you know you have to be careful. But you know it's also it's it's like kind of like the first day of school is the way I think about it. So yeah. just go in, you know, have your recorder on so that way when they talk you have audio to to, to write about yeah. and uh, just be ready have your have your tools available to you yeah absolutely man all about capturing the moment um i'm very excited we'll be breaking it all down hopefully you know we'll be taking some of your footage as well um and, and dissecting it man i'm i'm very excited it's it's an interesting choice you know that they're doing it somewhere else this year um i was wondering like if they're actually going to let media in as well or like how that's all going to go but it, it's very cool that you do get a chance you know, to see it firsthand. Um, but let's, you know, hop into it, man. Um, obviously we want to break down, dissect all the little training camp ins and outs, all the little battles and stuff. I'm excited to talk about that with you, get your insight on where you're at with it all. But let's start off with James Harden this off season, probably the biggest storyline, right? You know, takes the, the pay cut and he didn't play well, uh, consistently in the playoffs and he comes back He's saying the right things. It's kind of a refresher for us Philly fans, right? Hearing the right things over and over, getting his body right. Uh, we we need a solid James Harden, right? We want to take that next step. We feel like this may be the roster to do so. Um, what is your take on the offseason so far, James Harden, and what kind of version are you expecting to see from James this upcoming season? So I think having, you know, been present for the Ben Simmons era of, you know, there's always videos and there's a talk about, you know, what he's doing in the off season. You can't really take off season things seriously. Like you shrug it off. You say, yeah, yeah okay. I, you know, I believe it when I see it. Um, and that's, you know, maybe James is a different character than that. And that's not really fair to him to say, you know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't that like him saying, yeah, I'm having a good off season and whatnot that you know isn't fair for me to not believe in that but i also you know it's it's like you have to prove it uh because it's it's cool. workout videos are all are cool and all but you put in somebody in a game speed situation against you know uh real nba defenses and high leverage moments and you see you know where the men become the men and the workout workout boys become the workout boys um you know so i, I think any kind of james harden conversation uh this season has to sort of come within the, the come with the context of like was he his Houston self with the Sixers last season? No, especially in the playoffs was not was not himself. Um, he, I would even say like you know he looked kind of like like the you know the 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 uh, monsters version of of, <laughs> of himself, like zapped of all of his ability, you know, to to, to some extremes. Um, but I also think that that the context there is like you put his numbers up against other people in the in the league, and you 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 realize like well, actually, even when he was not great, he was still like one of the you know upper echelon players in the league. So his his yeah. downside is still 
a very high level player, which I think is important to note that because yeah. I think that raises your ceiling even when even if he isn't great. Um, having said that, I I think that the name of the, the Sixers season and their ability to contend for where they want to go is based in whether or not he can, you know, uh, get that one extra step of burst back, whether he can get his, you know, get his legs under his shot. I felt like last season, a lot of times watching him shoot, he was able to get his moves and, you know, he was able to, you know, get a little bit of space, but not nearly to the exaggerated extent he got it previously. And some of that is space creation, which involves your legs and his legs weren't great. So that alters your ability to create space. And then another thing is if, you know, he was missing short a lot, on his shot that means his legs were not under him he wasn't generating power through his body so his legs were not there to help him either so you know if, if he can get that hamstring right and he can really get his legs back under him not only is he going to be able to beat guys off the dribble and not get stonewalled by you know average-ish level defenders but he'll also be able to you know to, 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 to create more space for himself uh you know make you know have better stretches shooting the ball and that's going to just increase the gravity that he provides everybody else so a, a lot of a lot riding on james harden's legs <laughs> yeah for sure so let me ask you you talked about kind of the houston harden thing i've struggled with this a lot you know i've argued with a lot of people about it do we need the houston version of james harden do we need vintage harden my take on it is at points right you know on certain days you're going to need him to step up give you a couple extra shots you know hit a nice step back in a big moment personally though i don't feel we need that i think we need an efficient james harden whatever that may be whether that's the brooklyn version or the 20 and 10 because you know i'm anticipating a, a leap from tyrese Maxey, which we'll talk about but what kind of version do we need from james harden do we need that old houston you know mvp level james harden so i i think no, first, like you, you don't need him to be his Houston self because that Houston version was, I think, one of the three or four highest usage players in the entire NBA and was a yeah. one man offense by itself. And with Joel Embiid, you know, getting his touches, you're just not going to need that. You're, it's your 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 team will not be running itself well and will not be running efficiently if James Harden is his Houston self. Um, having said that, I also think that. You know, the best version of the Sixers is James Harden understanding that he is not the the front and center guy on every on every night and you know, him buying into, you know, I I will have the freedom and, and luxury of some hot continuing to ride that hot hand. But also my job is to be a facilitator and get Tyrese, get Tobias, get PJ, get whoever else involved. and keep feeding Joel who is you know the, the 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 catalyst of this offense and of this team so you know you don't you don't need the Houston Harden but i think more importantly i think you need him to buy into whatever that role is that you know this the, the Houston days might not be here anymore but that doesn't mean that i i, I had to be any less of a of, of a player or that you know i i have to you know dislike my role so you know i i, I think he has shown a little bit better understanding of who he is at this stage of his career. He's probably, I think, you know, given a little bit more uh, willingness to meet 
halfway between, you know, where he wants to be and where he needs to be for his team. So, you know, I, I, I think the Sixers are catching him at a time where, um, you know, he's kind of humbled a little bit, if you will. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Let me ask you about Joel and B before we get into the training camp stuff, you know, it seems like there hasn't been a lot of talk about him, right? It, it's kind of just been like the the work in the shadows, Joel Embiid putting in the work, trying to get healthy. There's really not much else to say. I mean, we've seen him take a leap the last couple of years. When you look at Joel Embiid, do you think his mindset this year overall is like, a all right, time to push everything else to the side. This is the best squad I've had. Let's go out here and win, right? Like all the MVP talk will probably surface. He'll probably be in the running for it. We know he probably should have got one the last couple of years. But at this point, you know, especially with all the injuries and stuff, it, is it time to just say, all right, man, push the, you know, the slate clean. Let's go out here and, and win something and forget all that other talk. Or do you think, you know, that's still on his mind? Because, I mean, he did talk about it publicly after the season. Yeah, I, you know, I. I think the short answer is we'll never know the truth uh, because, you know, I think people, you know, athletes who are competitive beings, if they're in the running for, you know, an accolade like the MVP, it's, it's their nature to say, you know what, I, I worked hard for this. Um, I want this thing. And, you know, if it, if it isn't coming at the expense of the overall team um, and if the team has a chance to win something, Ideally, it'll, it'll, you know, if if you're going out and you're winning the MVP, your team is going to be right there with you because they're benefiting from your play. So, you know, I, I think if, if, if he's in the right frame of mind where it's, you know, I'm just trying to dominate and be the most efficient version of myself, uh, in, you know, for the sake of our team winning, I, I do, you know, he should have a chance to be in that conversation. Um, I will say that I think the if you know just this I'm very new to covering the NBA yeah uh, and you know there obviously there's a lot of history before I got into this business but in the last year or two I've definitely learned that a lot of this is narrative based and it's narratives that are built months in advance of the award time and you know. It, Jokic was basically anointed the MVP with a quarter of last season left to go. Um, and, you know, what, what, whether you think he was worth, whether you think he was worthy of the MVP is another story. Personally, I don't. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm sure I'm interested to see how the narrative opens up. I think right now, Joel is garnering some national attention and some favor for, for the MVP, which I think is going to be helpful for him. But I also can see a world where Jason Tatum is, you know, is is up to the standard, or Luka Doncic is just killing killing it in in, in Dallas, and they're outperforming expectations. And you know, everyone's been talking about him in FIBA, um, and you know, Luka could win it. In fact, I think Luka, I believe, I submitted my I submitted my media ballot to Sports Illustrated uh, last week. I think I had Luka winning the MVP. Um, I think if Joel was going to win it, his window is probably the last two seasons. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, which which is crazy as well because, I mean, Joel, to me, is one of the most talented centers of all time. And, I mean, he, the last two years, the body of work that he put forward was absolutely insane. I mean, you can look at, you know, the eye test or you can look at all the metrics, the numbers, the data. Like, I, I try to find the balance in between and 
just what he's been able to do has been nuts. And I, I agree with you. I agree a hundred percent. I think it is narrative based. And I mean, Joel thinks that way too, right? Like he's kind of alluded to it before. Like the media has something out against him just because of his personality. But yeah, you know, I, I do hope the main focus is winning. I think this squad um, is heavily prepared to, to make a run, especially with all these other storylines going on, right? The whole Celtics thing coming out today. Um, I mean, what do you think? Is there a likely world where we could see the Sixers maybe have the East run through them this year? Maybe the one seed or maybe the two seed, three seed? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm certainly, I think, probably a little more bullish on the Sixers than consensus is. Um, I mean, I just published a whole big, basically an essay, if you will, uh, today that was basically going through their entire offense. I think they have a chance to be a top five offense. Um, and, you know, defensively, I expect them to be a little bit worse than top five, probably actually outside of the top 10, if, if I'm being honest. Um, but, you know, I think they have a chance to be the the regular season beast in the East, uh, if you will, just because I think, you know, Milwaukee is coming off of a situation where their second best player missed the playoff series. And that was why they didn't win the playoff series, yeah. you know, some would say. And then you also have the uh, the Celtics who are going through whatever they're going through. The Celtics, the Celtics also play a brand of basketball that is pretty taxing. Yeah. You know, uh, from a, a physical standpoint, where you have to be that locked in on defense and switching everything. Um, and so, you know, uh, the Sixers have a chance. Uh, now they're going to be tested. There are not really a bunch of easy stretches in their schedule but i will say this like the people uh, i think fans love to say like the m the, the nba screwed the sixers on the schedule what is all this traveling you know i i i went through i've gone through it for all the top five or six teams in the east it's the exact same thing for them <laughs> um you know it, everyone has to take two trips out west because uh that's just the way it is they don't want you st- staying out west extending trips so whether it's the warriors the nuggets the blazers the lakers the clippers you know, the Suns, whatever, uh, the bottom line is they're yeah. t- playing half those games, coming back home or going somewhere else for a stretch, and then they're going back on the road all the way out west again. So the Sixers are not being victimized by the schedule. The, at the end of the day, they've had, I think, the best offseason in the NBA, um, and, you know, they, they already have the star power behind them. It's time to put up or shut up. And, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, I, I'll have a chance. It's Really, they're going to control their own destiny. Oh yeah, I agree hundred percent. And I love I love that statement, man. Like you're talking my language right now. I'm a big Maury guy. I think he's had a, an immense off season and you know, I, f- I feel like people, like you said, kind of find ways sometimes to just find things to talk about or complain. I think we've gotten a lot better, address the areas that we need to. And honestly, I mean I agree. This is the time. Like to me, this is the best roster that we've had in a long time. Going into the season, I can say, okay, like this team really, really has a shot to contend. Would you agree with that? Oh, for sure. Um, you know, I, I don't think I put them as the favorites to win a title. Um, but I will say this. I think people like to say the window is closed. The Celtics are this, the, you know, the Bucks are that, you know, the war, you, 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 and you the Suns, you know, do this. You absolutely never know. You, you like, I, I think the last two years have proved that you absolutely never know. Like the Suns, everyone thought the Suns were destined for now this dynasty of where they were going to be that back every year. They just lost in the second round. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they're now going through organizational turmoil with the Sarver situation. Uh, the Celtics 
had an incredible run second half of this season, uh, last season, and you know they got better. But we'll see what happens at the Udoka thing. You absolutely never know when it could be your moment to step up and take the spotlight. Yeah. Uh, so you know you you have you have to be prepared for it. Um, and you know Maury, I think it. I think his way of thinking is very fascinating. Um, I think fans like to say like, oh, you didn't get this guy and that guy who I wanted and therefore it was a failure. You have to evaluate what what was added and the resources that you had available to you. And, you know, you look at what they're trying to do. They needed Harden to take 14 million less to sign Tucker and House. And, you know, I think part of getting him to take 14 million less is saying, you know, we'll sign this, these guys who, I, who we know that you would like to play with, but we need you to take this amount of money less um and then to wait out until september or whatever it was to sign montrez harrell to a minimum deal montrez harrell is not a minimum player he's the you know the a guy that can do what he does is should be making upwards you know towards the mid-level exception not the veteran minimum so i think you know everything more did this summer i thought was really tremendous to be honest yeah for sure and harrell fell right into our lap at the perfect time we're talking with Sixers beat reporter Austin Krell. Hit that like button if you're up in the chat. Drop some questions, whatever else. Be sure to subscribe as well. Let's transition to what we need to get into. Training camp. Uh, if you're just tuning in, Austin will be present at training camp. Definitely excited to hear from him, all the inside things. Um, but let's start it off with, you know, the the camp battles, right? It. I mean, we essentially know what our starting lineup is going to be I mean some people have this notion that PJ Tucker might come off the bench I think we really know who our starting five is going to be I think Tucker will be in with that if you disagree let me know but um I think I think it all comes down to the depth of the team right like when you look over the last couple of years we've come up short especially in the playoffs I mean I think we had the worst statistical bench last year in the playoffs and and really you only need a, a select group of guys but we I feel have not had that and they haven't showed up at the right time. So coming into this camp, I mean, you know, you're looking at some of these role players to step up. What are the the top camp battles, the top positional groups that you're looking at going into camp? Like, okay, let's see who comes out and wins this. Yeah. Um, so first, uh, to address the Peter Tucker thing, I would agree. I think he, at worst, is probably the heavy favorite to be the fifth starter. And uh, at, at best, he's probably already been guaranteed the spot. I don't know that to be the case. I'm just I'm just thinking yeah. based on you know what I've seen from Doc in the past. Um, and you know, uh, in terms of the camp battles, um, I think the Sixers have a luxury where they look at what they did this offseason. and they're like, we don't really have to see that much more that many more things. Like we already have a a good eight or so nine man you know ro- rotation um, set up. But I think. A guy like Isaiah Joe is is probably, you know, on his last legs with with at least with the Sixers, um, and you know I think he actually has a chance if he can make knockdown shots to break into the rotation because you can never have enough uh, catch and shoot guys on your and you know role players on your team, and so you know if if he can step in there and knock down open threes off the catch he's going to be somebody who you might see in the rotation with more consistency. Um, but you know, if he has a, a, a poor camp and a poor summer league, he might be one of the guys that they cut who knows. Yeah. Um, I also think that, you know, you're looking at a scenario where Paul Reed is, is likely the favorite 
over Charles Bassey if there if if there is a spot in rotation for either of them. But you do have two backup bigs who are, you know, on their rookie contracts, if if, if you will. And you only have uh you know 15 spots or whatever it is to you know you, you have 18 guys for 15 spots so you've got to cut those spots down but i think for the most part they look at their roster and they think like we have our five we have melton we have niang we have thibel we have Montrez harrell we have dan house that's five more that's 10 you know what else are we realistically like how much more space do we really have in, in our rotation that we need to find more guys for so i think what you're you know largely it's going to be you know there's a there's a small pool of guys for that those last two spots like Jaden springer bassey uh joe and trevlin queen and so i think it comes down to those four yeah, I, I think it's very interesting. You hit on a lot there. Uh, Isaiah Joe, for me, I, I'm a big Isaiah Joe guy. I feel that he hasn't had maybe an adequate amount uh, of opportunities to produce. I feel like every time he's gotten on a roll, you know, something happens or he gets pulled from the rotation. Now, I know there was a stretch last year. He didn't look that good. Um, but I do hope he gets a chance to prove himself. But I am kind of seeing the writing on the wall as well. Like, you know, with the available spots it might be hard to keep him, especially when you're paying a guy like Furkan Korkmaz, how much you're paying him. Uh, who knows if he'll get a spot, right? Who knows if he'll draw in some minutes. Uh, but I want to ask you about Bassey as well, because, you know, the consensus among a lot of Sixers fans is, well, this guy's young, he's talented, he's athletic, he can go up, grab rebounds, block shots. Yeah, he had a bit of an underwhelming summer league, but, you know, he was supposed to be the guy. It looked like Daryl Moore was going to rock with him. I mean, he kind of said he was. But then, you know, like we said earlier, Mantra's Harrell, you know, falls right into your lap. You're a championship contending team. You got to go out and get the vet. Um, but do you think it would be a failure if the Sixers end up cutting ties with Charles Bassey? Like, do you think he's really gotten enough chance to show what he has? And also Paul Reed, you know, like, I mean, it's it's kind of a weird fit, right? Like with Paul Reed, is he going to be a backup four? Is he going to be a, a backup five? And will Doc even play these guys? I mean, we saw down the end of last season, like, He's very, very reluctant to go with the young guy. Yeah, I, mean, I think the interesting about chance, um, like you said, is there that implies that there is a, a space for that player to uh, have proven himself, and you know they did or they didn't. And you know, I look at last season, his rookie year, like he has Andre Drummond there who played really mostly very well, um, and then you have the DeAndre Jordan situation, um, <laughs> which was a mess. Yeah. And, you know, so, I mean, that was a window of opportunity, I guess. Um, you know, I, 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 t- I tend to think it's not entirely fair to judge Charles Bassey on summer league because when you're a rim running big man and you're playing with a bunch of guys who just quite frankly, aren't very good um, at basketball, you're, you're you're not it's, it's going to be hard to stand out because you, they're 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 missing windows for pat for lobs to you their their passes are off the mark as is you know you're you're forced to try to do a lot more to recover for their shortcomings um so you know i, I think it's a harsh environment for somebody who is a, a rim running hard pick and dive uh center but you know at the end of the day like you, when you have opportunities, you have to make the most of it. And I, I actually was mostly, I had a positive impression of Bassey. I thought he was, you know, he, he maintained verticality when he went to contest shots at the rim. Um, I didn't think, I didn't think he was uh, as strong as he needed to be. 
per se. Like, yeah, no, he got bumped off spots pretty easily, but you know, I, I just think that he can, there's a chance that he could be a casualty of too many roster spots at a time, too many guys in front of them at a time when they just, you know, when he, when he was there. So was it a failure? No, you spent a late second round pick on him. Um, I wouldn't consider that a failure because I don't think the ceiling is particularly high on him. Now, do you think there's any chance, you know, Bassey comes in, he's stronger and he's overwhelming guys in, in training camp. Do you think there's any chance, you know, maybe he comes in and, and earns himself a bunch of more minutes, or do you think he's kind of one of those outliers kind of sitting right on the border there? Um, and it'll kind of take, you know, a miracle for him to end up making this squad. So I, I don't know that I think, I don't know that it'll take a miracle for him to make the team. I just don't think there's been much of a chance for him to break into the rotation. Like he might just ultimately be a seat on the bench. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's difficult because doc is immensely loyal to his, uh, you know, to the guys that he trusts and yeah. the more veteran guys. And it doesn't help that Montrez Harrell had some of his best years in the NBA under doc in LA. Um, so, you know, what, you know, Bassey might very well earn an opportunity to play, you know, when you, when all things equal, but he just might not get it because Mondrez has advantages of history with Doc. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, another guy that you brought up, Jaden Springer. I mean, what what's the deal with Jaden Springer? You know, I mean, to me, it's always been a weird draft pick and to, you know, he's not ready yet. He's not ready to play on a championship contending team. Sure, he may develop and be a great 3 and D guy like they wanted him to be one day. Um, I'm not exactly sure on his contract situation. I know he's getting paid, you know, being a first-round pick and all, but, you know, is he a lock to make this team? Like, is he going to make this squad, or is he going to spend another year down in the G League? What's the deal with Jaden Springer? So, Jaden Springer was a first-round pick, so he's going to get some guaranteed money. He he's due to make 2.1 or so million this season guaranteed. So in that sense, it would be shocking to me if a team that has very little m- money left available to them, if they just cut him out. Right. Um, I think you would have to be like a first, you don't, you just typically don't see teams yeah. give up on their first round picks on their rookie deals. Um, but, you know, I, I thought, I thought summer league was quite damning for him. Um, he had an okay G League experience in his rookie year. You know, had some nice numbers, but wasn't really overwhelming. Um, the thing that's roasted out to me was like he's a super he's a super athletic guy. He can really pop up above the rim and play and play above the clouds. Um, he's a, a really he's an NBA level defender now. But you look at his offensive game and you're like, this he's only 19, sure, but he is extremely far behind uh you know like has he i i would say years to go before he's ready for him for a role on an nba offense i mean he was he was very hesitant to shoot the ball from from deep um in in summer league and even when he caught the ball and shot it he didn't really have enough strength to get it all the way up to the rim in the basket so i mean i i was kind of left thinking like (laughs) what do i make of this you know um and like, is this real? And, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's unfortunate for, for him because, you know, I, I think he has a chance because he's just still so young and raw, but I don't see where that chance is on a team that is trying to win in the next one to two years. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and another guy that comes up to mind is Matisse Thibel. Obviously not the same situation, but 
I mean, it seems like there's pressure on Matisse Thibel. Like this is that first off season to season transition where I feel like everybody's like, all right, we flipped the switch now. Like you have to come out and, and give us something offensively. And I just wanted your take on what you expect out of Matisse Thibel. Is he ever really going to change? Is he going to be the same player? Obviously he went through that whole situation in the playoffs and he wasn't able to stay on the floor. And we've seen another guy who I won't mention by name who can't stay on the floor come playoff time. And, and Philly fans are, are up in the air about it. So, you know, I look at him, I look at Furk on even shake Milton. I feel like it's kind of forgotten about a little bit. Like these guys have been here, they've been around, but they haven't been consistent enough. And I feel like if you're a championship team, you got to go all in and play the guys that are going to give you the most. But, you know, Matisse, Furkan, what, what do you make of these guys? Like, are they quality role players? Can they compete on a championship level team? So I think with Furkan, um, I think you'll probably get a chance to earn a spot rotation early in the season, but he's going to have to come out and like make just flat out make shots. Like you, there can't be any 27% shooting from three uh you know when 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 to start the season you know and I, and I think he's been around long enough where you're like this guy's ceiling is just what it is like he's you know whatever spot up shooter you want to compare him to he is the downside version of that person you know um and i i just look at the rotation and i'm like can't can't really defend is like a secondary tertiary ball handler um and you know, his swing skill is going to be his shooting, but he's not a great shooter. And so I think it's probably going to be near the end of the line for him if things don't, if, if those shots don't fall. Um, Thibel, you know, it's very weird how the Sixers have found themselves like a bunch of defensive-minded <laughs> guys who just have like very limited offensive game. Like, like <laughs> you would think, right? Like, yeah. that they would be like, okay, like here's a two-way guy. Like, both, like they found two guys who are incredible defenders who just flat out either refuse to shoot or uh-huh. can't. Uh-huh. A lot of one-way players, man. Yeah, no, it's incredible. Um, you know, uh, I don't know that he's always going to be the exact same guy, but I definitely sold all my stock in him ever becoming like a positive offensive player um, just because he hasn't made any progress to date on his shooting. Um, and, you know, Teams eventually, you're just going to be like, you know, our job here is to limit what Joel Embiid can do to us, and the way that we do that is by shading away from Thibault, who we're okay with letting him shoot open threes, and we'll do that if that means that we take a little bit of space away from Joel to operate. So, you know, I I think Thibault is going to be in the rotation because he's such a, a superb defender, but I also think that his defense is overstated because if he can't play him, if he can't stay in the game well enough because of his offensive shortcomings, how good is it? How good of a defender can you really be? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, if Jake Fisher has said that they, they've basically talked to everybody about Matisse Thibel and trading for him. I do think that they're in a bit of a difficult spot. If number, if he comes in this season and he's the same offensive player, because then I think his value drops dramatically and, you know, I don't know what that contract looks like off of his rookie deal. I will say that I think Thibel is probably around 12 to $16 million player. And I think if he isn't shooting at, you know, near, near league average this year from three, that drops down to like the downside of 12, like 12 is maybe the ceiling of what he gets paid. 
Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like I was a, a big Thibel guy as well as one time, and you know, all the if it, it felt like he was ahead of his years, you know, with on the defensive side of the ball. And and like you said, once again, we found ourselves in a situation and it's tough, man. It's tough. But I, I hope he does come out and and improve for sure. I want to ask you um about your opinion on maybe a player, you know, that might come out in training camp and shock people. I know it's hard without, you know, having seen these guys over the offseason, they're doing their own thing. Um, but if there's one guy you had to come out and either predict, like, you know, might make a statement or might, you know, improve drastically or, or just something that might catch us by the blind side. Is there any player that you have on your mind or just any story maybe, you know, that, that comes to mind? I am buying all of the, the Anthony Dalton stock early on. Um, I, I, he's my pick right now. Um, I, I sleeper pick for, uh, six man of the year. Wow. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I, I wrote I wrote all of this in my story that I just wrote, but he his I'm not bullish on him as a playmaker because he just doesn't have a much much history of being a lead ball handler and creating for others. But the way that he moves, I see I see a lot of like CJ McCollum in his in, in the way that he moves. Mm-hmm. I see some Clay Thompson in the way that he moves. He hasn't had the results to mimic either player to date, um, but his body language is, 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 is really good. I think his vertical pop at the rim is outstanding. Um, he can, he's a crafty finisher. He's had some success shooting the ball off the catch um, with some increased opportunity to sort of play with the ball in his hands more so than he had in Memphis. Cause keep in mind Memphis, you have jaw, but you also then have arguably the best backup point guard in the league in Tyus Jones. Um, so he was always a secondary guy in the rotation to them. But now, you know, you, he's in a spot where it's just like, you are a fixture of our rotation as a guard. Um, you know, you're going to have a chance to operate at your own pace. I think that's somebody that could really come out in shock just because he, he, he his three-point shooting has, has been upwards trending. Um, he can He's slowly a little bit more comfortable creating for himself off the dribble. He can shoot off screens and navigate screens. Um, and I, I think he's somebody that could catch some eyes early on. I like it, man. And I'm guessing if Melton's your guy that you think is going to stand out, I mean, it's all but likely he would probably end up taking a lot of minutes from Shake Milton, right? I mean, Shake's another one. Been here, what, three, four, five years, and it's like, is he ever going to show us what he, what he showed us in that little glimpse? I always go back to that game where he torched Doc Rivers on the Clippers. Um, will we ever get that Shake Milton, or do you think he's going to be, you know, just kind of fading out of the rotation? Yeah, I, I think Shake is going to be like one of the last couple guys in the rotation. I think you'll have chances um, just because he's so long. Like, I, I'm intrigued by a backcourt the second unit backcourt that is that is Milton or yeah Milton and Milton just because they're both they're both guys that have very positive wingspans they're both very lanky they're long um they can shoot a little bit they're okay they're okay ball handlers in their own rights but I I I, I think Shake has a chance to maybe take on a little bit less of a of a, of a responsibility just be like a, a you know stationary shooter you know, handle the ball a little bit, but, you know, I, I think it takes a lot of pressure off him to be this, you know, this, 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 this Swiss army knife of a ball handler and um, he'll have chances, but uh, you know, I think he's somebody who you're like, how many times, how many more times can you play the guy and expect a different result? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be an interesting fight, man, for some of these back of the end rotation guys. Um, last thing I want to, I want to ask you and, and touch on, I really appreciate you coming through. Um, if you had to predict, you had to go out Austin Krill as of today, five days before training camp, a lot can change, but I believe right now we got to cut two players before the regular season. If you had to go out on a limb and, and give me a prediction, which two guys will be the odd men out? What do you think? I'm going with Trevlin Queen, and I think I'm going with Charles Bassey. Wow. <laughs> Sixers fans aren't going to like that one. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think even if you don't sign Montrez Harrell, you're probably giving those minutes to Paul Reed because yeah. I thought he was really good in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and I just don't know what, like, what the opportunity looks like for him. Um, I will say that I think whether you go Montrez and Paul Reed or Paul Reed and Charles Bassey, the Sixers have a lot of like optionality in their backup center position. Which is not something you could say ever in the last couple, in the last you know handful of years under Joel. Um, so I mean, they can they can go just pit bull in the paint with Montrez. They can go vertical, you know, spacer with uh, with 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 Bassey. They can go just a, a screen and dive super athlete and Paul Reed. They have a lot of options. Um, and so you know, I'll be interested to see how that plays out. But I think right now, uh, it just makes the most sense if it's Trev Queen and. Uh, Charles Bassey. Well, I'm not mad at it. We'll obviously wait and see what happens. A lot coming up, a lot coming up quick as well. Shout out to Austin Krell for coming through, man. I really appreciate you uh, hopping on and, and giving us all the inside scoop. And hey, hopefully we can get uh, connect again and uh, you know talk during or after training camp, man. No problem. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much, man. You have a great night. You too. All right, so that was Sixers beat reporter and NBA writer Austin Krell. Chat, stand up, man. Hit the like button. How many likes we got up in here, man? How many likes do we have up in here? We're almost half, we're almost three quarters of the way to 100. Hit that like button, subscribe to the show. I was thinking about opening the phone lines, but I think we'll save that for next week. Uh, we will be breaking down the training camp every single day. So just to give you an idea, if you don't know, Monday starts uh, media day. So the, all the reporters and stuff will ask the questions. We'll get to hear from all the players and, you know, Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers and all. And then Tuesday begins training camp. So we will, you know, essentially dive right into it. And, you know, we'll be looking at all the little videos and the photos and all the footage coming up from training camp. But I just wanted to take the, the last part of the show to kind of read some comments. If you guys have questions, give me your thoughts. Also, if you are watching this on the replay, obviously hit that like button, man. It helps out the show. We're going to have continued guests. We're going to have continued collabs. Hopefully some players this year, man. We're going to break it all down. We'll be doing our game streams as well. Uh, we're we're going to go all in on the coverage, man, for sure. So shout out to everybody in the house. We'll shout some people out. Let me know who's up in the chat, man. Maybe comment. Maybe you're one of the people that never comment. Let me know if you're up in the chat right now. Let me know how you're feeling Sixers Nation. It seems like a very positive thing from uh, Austin Krell, man. He seems high on his team. I I had some interesting takeaways from what he said. Always good, uh, you know, getting some of that that information. But before we go forward, I got to tell you guys about Let's Get Checked. Shout out to Let's Get Checked 
for sponsoring tonight's show. Let's get checked as a leading provider for at-home testing kits. They make professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. With LGC, you can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your completed test is sent in and the sample arrives in the lab, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. And these results are reviewed by a clinician and a member of the LGC team may call you to review the results. Their labs are CLIA accredited and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. Once again, if you're like me, you like avoiding those long, dreary, tiresome doctor's visits and all the extra stuff that comes in between with it. Check out Let's Get Checked. They send you a kit like this right to your home. It's as easy as that. Two to five days, get tested, send it in. You can download the app. They give you all the directions. Comes right with the package. I, I didn't. I never knew it was this easy, man. I, I did not know that there were resources like this and, and alternatives like this and Honestly, it makes it makes the whole process expedited. It makes it 10 times easier. Go check out all their inventory, all their great products. Click the link down below in the description and use promo code Philly25. Get 25% off. Shout out to LGC for sponsoring tonight's show. Let's shout out some people in the chat, man. How's Sixers Nation feeling? We got a bunch of channel members up in here. Members, don't be mad at me, man. I know it's been a while. But, yo, we, we've been working on some things. And honestly, anybody, if you do not have the uh, notifications on, I highly recommend you do so. Stay updated with the content. We'll have some announcements coming this weekend, a bunch of stuff coming. And for the members, we will have a giveaway coming within the next week or two. We're probably going to have two giveaways. Also, be sure you're following the Instagram page as well at Philly take with RB and follow me on Twitter at RB Philly take. So you can stay updated with all the coverage, man. How's everybody doing out there? Let's shout out some of the members, man. Nathaniel Hamilton, Danny St. Scott Lawrence, Philly for life. KP what's going on, everybody. How you guys feeling out there tonight? Hope everybody is well. Once again, we are five days away from Sixers training camp. Five days away. Four days from uh, from media day. And then they go down to Charleston, South Carolina, and they get it all started. What did you guys think was interesting from what Austin said? I thought the uh, the interesting thing uh, that he said was the sixth man of the year pick, DeAnthony Melton. I like it. I like it, man. I, and, yo, new backcourt phrase coming, man. Eminem, you heard it here first. Milton and Melton. I could see them getting some minutes together. I could see them getting uh, some minutes together for sure. I think it'll be interesting. I think there's going to be some interesting fights. He said Isaiah Joe might be on the last limb, which is not music to my ears, but at the end of the day, it might be a reality. Isaiah Joe might be cut from this team. What do you guys think, man? What do you guys think? Ben, what's going on? Prince Manito, what's up? Josh, Mina in the chat, what's up? Mina says Matisse is not consistent enough. You're on to something. You're on to something. Bernard says Shake and Melton will be the backup backcourt. It's Eminem. It's Eminem. Leon in the chat says, I love your show. You got great content. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Leon. Very much appreciated. And, and shout out to everybody out there tuning in tonight. Tuning in tonight. We're going to be getting more guests. A lot of stuff coming with the show. I promise you, man. I promise you. You just got to trust the plan. You just got to trust the plan. Who do you guys feel is going to have a, 
an insane training camp. Who's going to be the one guy that we are talking about that steps out and separates from the rest? We know, and Austin kind of confirmed it, the starting five, as I've been saying, is going to be Maxi Harden, P.J. Tucker, Tobias, and Joel. We don't have to worry about that five, but when we start to look at some of these other guys, Austin, I think he said Niang, Thibel, Korkmaz, and Melton. I think that was the four that he said. But who else? Who could be the odd guy that that nobody sees coming that comes out here and makes a name for himself? Is Charles Bassey going to get cut? There's a lot of interesting storylines, man. There's a lot of interesting storylines. Danny says, hit the like button. Hit that like button, guys. Hit that like button. I see people talking about the Ben thing. I'm telling you right now. Look, if you want my thoughts on that, I dropped a little condensed tweet of my thoughts on Twitter. Go check that out. I will not be talking about that. Um, I will say one thing about it, and that is I was not impressed with the interview, and I thought that they let him off the hook, and he took maybe this much accountability, but the rest is history, man. He's never going to change. He's going to be the same guy, and... It, it, I mean, to quote him, to quote him best, it is what it is. Like, it, it's just not going to change. This was, in my eyes, the last chance for him to show that accountability, and he just did not do it. So it is what it is. And in terms of the Boston Celtics, guys, they are in a whirlwind right now. A whole bunch going on with their head coach. Let's just say that it's likely or it seems likely that he will be out for the entire season. Former Sixers assistant, Ime Udoka. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I look, go back to my prediction. Go back to my record prediction video. I said that the Celtics are going to win the East and then the Sixers would come in number two. That's my prediction, Milwaukee at number three. Honestly, with the Celtics and all this stuff going on, you know, their they're starting center, Rob Williams, is having a procedure Gallinari's out for a while, I think, for the year. First off, we're going to smoke them boys come opening night. We'll be covering it all here on the show. We're going to smoke them on opening night. I can't wait. Number two, hey, the East might run through the Sixers. The East might run through the Sixers. Milwaukee's going to be a tough competitor. There will probably be a couple teams that play above their head, or you know, maybe the Cavs will have a good start to the year. I don't know if they'll be a top three team. Miami, you know, they could be up and down, Chicago. But let me tell you something, man. I don't think Boston is is going to be able to keep up early in the season. And I think the Sixers have a real shot to come out here and show the rest of the East and show the rest of the league that, yo, we are for real. We are about business. We are about business. I'm telling you, man, this is going to be a big hit to Boston. Imagine your head coach. The guy that that just took you to the NBA Finals in your first year. And now he's going to be going for the entire season. Who knows? They can't trust. I, I They said the, the name of the guy that's coming in for him, but like that's not the guy that they were anticipating. And literally, right leading up to training camp, your head coach gone. I mean, that does something to a team. That does something to a team. So I don't know, man. I think it's... Uh, I think I think there's a lot of storylines that go on with the NBA, and I think there's so much drama, and it's been a drama-filled offseason. Not so much for the Sixers, which has been nice. It's been, you know, a little bit refreshing, but Sixers have a good roster, man. They have a good starting five, and they have a chance 
to come out here and establish their dominance early on. I'm telling you right now, the Sixers could be the one seed after the first couple months. Absolutely. But we got to get out on, on a good good start, man. We got to get out going. We got to get ahead of ourselves, you know, and, and we got to show what dominant teams show early on, and that is that we are for real, that we have that chemistry, that we've spent all of season building ourselves up. That's what I like to see. That's what I like to see. Also, let's go back to, uh, to this picture I had up earlier. Let's go back to this picture I had up earlier. Look at this, man. Look at this backcourt. Look at this backcourt. Tyrese Maxey and James Harden. First and foremost, James Harden looks to be in shape, man. He looks to be in shape, man. That's what I like to see. Look at James, man. He's looking good. He's looking good. And then Tyrese Maxey is out here looking a little bit husky, man. He's been in the weight room. He's been doing his thing. But how about Tyrese Maxey, man? That kid just wants to be great. That kid wants to be great. He wants to get better. And he's putting in the work. They're putting in the work for once. We, they, our guys have just been in the gym. They've been locked in. They've been locked in. We're seeing all these, these videos and stuff, but they're locked in. I haven't seen anything from Joel Embiid. I haven't seen anything from Joel because he is locked in. He's trying to get healthy. He's trying to get his body right. And he's on the right track, man. And he's on the right track. Pete says, I think Embiid's the more likely MVP. Yeah, Embiid is going to be in the MVP conversation this year. There's no doubt about it. Joel Embiid will be in the MVP conversation. The question is, does it matter? I mean, maybe for his legacy, yeah, it'd be nice to see Joel get an MVP because Joel Embiid deserved one of the last two MVPs and he got snubbed. He got snubbed. But when you look at it from an overarching standpoint in totality, all that matters is now we got a really good squad that can come out here and compete. And these boys need to be healthy. If we need to sacrifice Joel Embiid winning an MVP for him to stay healthy later in the season and into the playoffs, I am all for it, man. Do what you need to do to get us over the hump. I'm telling you, I've said this many times, and I will continue to say it as we go into training camp. The Philadelphia 76ers must get past the second round. There are no more excuses. There are no more, you know, this happened and that happened. No, you need to get over the hump. If you do not, that is an organizational failure. You now have the squad. You made the renovations. You got these guys in here that addressed your needs. You need to go out and put it all together and make it happen. And make it happen. And I think everybody else feels the same way. If you don't, let me know. They got to stay healthy, though, man. I, I really, really do not want to get to that point again where we're banged up. And obviously everybody's banged up, but you know what I mean, like a freak injury and, and this happens and then we go into the second round series and we're not 100%. We can't have that, man. We can't have that. So personally, I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting here hoping that Tyrese Maxey takes a leap and he can take some of the burden off of James and Joel. And I, I really think some of these fits, you know, Austin talked highly about the Anthony Melton. You know, he talked about some of these other guys. He talked about Harold. I really think these guys will finally help give us some production because what people don't think about 
is what Joel Embiid and James Harden and these guys have to go through on a Wednesday night in January, right? Like the last couple years, and this is why I said it to Austin early in, in the show, like we have not even had those consistent bench guys that can really alleviate the pressure. How many games can you think of last year where we had James Harden or Joel, or mostly Joel Embiid, like in a random game against the Indiana Pacers or a random game against, I don't know, the Cavs or whatever, like having to go superhero mode just to sneak out a win 105 to 104. Like that should not have to happen against bad teams. That should not have to happen against bad teams. Joel Embiid should be able to drop his 32 points, take his butt to the bench, and then middle of the fourth quarter, you're done for the game. Give him the towel, put the warm-up tee on, drink some water, and, and have a good night. Now we, we, we can't have these games. We, I feel like all this extra load and pressure is because of this taxation on their body that comes for all these regular season games where we should be blowing out these teams or you know maybe we have a big lead and we let it collapse. We let it come down a little bit and we can't do that. And hopefully these additions to the bench will help us maintain that throughout, throughout a game and throughout a season. Pete says it does matter. It matters for him. He won't admit it and it won't affect him, but it adds for his legacy. That's true. But legacy, man, you got to win a championship. You got to win a championship. So I hope that this is the year we can get over the hump, man. Joel deserves it more than anybody. Joel Embiid deserves it more than anybody. Think about what he has been through. Think about what has happened with this franchise over the last decade. It has been absurd. It has been insane. And Joel Embiid deserves a chance to play on the biggest stage. At least the way he's played the last couple years he has. He's been locked in. He's been focused. He's been improving his game. This is the time, man. This is the time. This is the time. How about this guy right here? What do you guys think of Matisse Thibel? I asked Austin about it, and, and it was funny, man. Like, we are here once again. He's right. We're here once again. How do we get stuck in this same situation, especially being Matisse Thibel, right? You saw everything firsthand, what this team went through and, and the fans and, you know, the whole Ben Simmons thing. You saw it from five feet away. From five feet away, you saw it. And now you're going into year four. Let me tell you something. If you're Matisse Thibel, you need to come out here and shoot early on. There was a point where Matisse Thibel was out here taking jump shots and he was improving. He was hitting a couple. And then this past year, especially late in the year, he just went whoop and plummeted and plummeted. And then he couldn't play with, you know, some of the games in Toronto. And then it's like everything just did a 180. Why? Because this team has expectations. If we were a 27-win team, nobody would care. Nobody would care. But we are out here, and we need the best from our players, and you got to improve. You got to improve. So if Matisse Thibel comes out a month into the season, and he's not shooting the basketball, guess what? You might not be able to play him. He might not be playable. He might not be playable. 
which is sad because Matisse is a guy I like. I really do like Matisse. But you can't, like, we, us as fans, we have to stop getting used to this. I know we've been hit with it so many times, but you got to stop, you know, getting used to this. Like, no, we need you to shoot the basketball. It's not hard. Even if you're not doing well, I'd rather see you try and fail and get better and work on it. And you did at one point, but you can't revert back to just not doing anything except cutting. People out there that are Matisse Thibel stands, and let me tell you, there are some of them. The Matisse Thibel hive. I used to be in that. I used to be a part of that hive, right? There's people out there that will say he can be an effective offensive player by cutting to the basket. Let me tell you something. No. No, you can't. Maybe if you're playing with the Golden State Warriors, you can, but not with this Sixers team. Yes, you can be effective, but you can't stay inconsistently and play consistent minutes. You need guys that can knock down shots, take the ball, and just make the team better. And hopefully that's what a guy like DeAnthony Melton will do because we've been going through this cycle of Shake Milton, Furkan, and Thibel. We've been going through this cycle, this cycle. It's time to get some, you know, Time to get some consistency, whoever it comes from. Maybe it comes from Thibel, Furkan, or Shake. Maybe it comes from Melton, whoever it comes from. I'm expecting Niang to have a great year. Niang was playing pretty well this past year. People gave him a lot of slack for it late in the year, and yes, he did look bad, but honestly, he was dealing with physical stuff too. Everybody on his team needs to get their body right, their mind right. I expect some of these guys. I you know I cannot wait to see a lineup of maybe Thibel and uh, Tucker and Niang and all these dogs, man, these scrappy guys. All these scrappy guys. Let me ask you guys something in the chat. Who do you think will be the odd men out? I talked about it a couple days ago. Me and Austin talked about it. Who do you guys think will be the odd men out? Austin is picking Charles Bassey and uh, Traveling Queen. I think Traveling Queen will absolutely be one of the guys that is the odd man out. I know he has some guarantees with his contract, but he just hasn't showed himself enough. You know, like he, you know, he's a great story. He's a great guy. I think he could be a a guy that kind of hovers over the G League and may find his role with a team. And I think, you know, his potential to do certain things like, you know, playing off the dribble and, you know, working on that shot creation, and that spacing. I think Trevlin Queen does have some attributes that could make him a quality role player, but I don't think it'll be with this team. The second guy is where I'm really torn. And and obviously, you know, I want to see what happens in training camp. I want to see what Doc does with the rotations, how he's like running guys with certain units and how they look in the preseason. Because if you guys don't know, we're going to be breaking down training camp all of next week, right? From Tuesday up until I think Sunday. But then literally right after training camp, we have three preseason games, I believe it is, three or four. So we're going to see some training camp action, and then we're going to see game action. And then by the start of the regular season, we're going to have to cut two players. Now, I honestly, I wish it would be Jaden Springer. I wish we could trade him. Um, Austin said it's likely that we won't cut him because of you know his rookie guarantees on his contract. If we could find a trade somewhat, I don't think anybody's going to take his money, though. But man, I, you know, it the pick just doesn't make sense. It's not the right situation for Jaden Springer. But if I had to be realistic, it, it has to be, the second guy has to be between Isaiah Joe, Charles Bassey, maybe Paul Reed, probably not, because he did play some decent minutes in the playoffs and he has more experience, but probably either Isaiah Joe, Charles Bassey, 
Yeah. Yeah. Between them two, I guess. And if, if you asked me who I would keep, I would absolutely keep Isaiah Joe. Obviously, Sixers Nation would not agree with me because I'm more I'm higher on Isaiah Joe than others. But, you know, a lot of Sixers Nation thinks we should go with Charles Bassey over Montrose Harrell. I don't believe that. I think the Harrell signing was great. And, and I'm by the way, I'm so glad that somebody else with more credential than me said it. People have been overreacting about these backup center signings. I told you every single time Montrose Harrell fell right into our lap and Olsen said it himself, he's not a minimum guy. He's not a guy you should get in September. But, the, but the, the fact of the matter is that he fell into our lap because of his other situation. So I think Harrell will get a majority of the minutes. I think that's the right decision. I think you go with the experience over the youth, given where our team is at, given our trajectory this year. But I do think you can find some of these athletic big men. What you can't really find all the time is a guy who has shown both 3 and D potential like Isaiah Joe. And and yeah, you can find guys like that, but the, the thing is the Sixers can't find them all the time. The Sixers have trouble finding guys that know how to how to knock down shots. I mean, it is what it is. The Sixers have trouble finding these cats, man. And Isaiah Joe, to me, has shown potential from college to his first couple years when he has gotten more than a sample size of opportunity. But I don't know, man. Furkan's not going to get cut because he's making $5 million. Shake will probably make the team. He, he's, he's been here, and, and Doc will trust him. But I think it's, I think it's going to be between Isaiah Joe and Bassey for the second spot, and I think the first guy that gets cut, I agree with Austin, will be Trevlin Queen. Unless something happens, maybe they come to camp and Traveling Queen is, you know, the the next big thing. Maybe Traveling Queen has turned into a mighty ball handler and can knock down fifty percent from deep. Who knows? That's why I can't wait to get into training camp, man. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting. But anyway, man, let's see. Andrew says Bassey gives legit size. Paul Reed isn't a real big man. Well, that's another thing. Like, is Paul Reed going to develop a jump shot? Probably not. Based off his mechanics, I don't know if he can. That's another thing you got to you know watch out for because what is what is the future of Paul Reed? Is he a backup four, backup five? Now you got Harold. It's an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing. Gary, what's going on, my man? Says Joe has the trigger. Yeah, he does. He does. He can knock it down. He can knock it down. He can knock it down. King Kane says cork over Springer, trade cork over Springer, kid has much potential. I don't know if I would say that. Maybe in five years, Jaden Springer can develop, but I don't know. He's got a little bit of an awkward game for me. He's got a bit of an awkward game in it, and it goes back to this notion of the Sixers and they're, they're heavily drafting one-way players. I haven't seen much anything offensively from Jaden Springer. I mean, you could talk about that little like five foot pull up dribble, you know, from from the post shot. But is that really going to translate against the big dogs? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. It, it's just it's tough. It's tough. So I'll have to wait and see what happens. But very excited 
to get into uh, all the training camp coverage. And like I said, guys, we're going full in on this Sixers stuff. We'll be breaking it all down as always. If you have not yet, man, we got 150 people in here. Hit that like button, man. It helps out the show. We're almost at 100 likes. If you didn't catch the beginning part of this show, go back and watch it on the replay on your drive to work or something, man. Great insight from Sixers beat reporter Austin Krell. And, um, you know, you guys hitting the like button and showing support that helps us grow this show. And we will continue to expand the content. Also, if you guys have not yet, go up down below and check out our sponsor of tonight's show. Shout out to Let's Get Checked for sponsoring tonight's episode. Leading provider for at-home testing kits. They make professional health testing so much easier for you. And uh, they help you avoid all the annoying doctor's office visits and, and all the insurance stuff. And they let you get tested right at home, getting your rapid results in two to five days, communicating with you and, and just making the whole process a whole lot easier and uh, a very expedited process. So shout out to them. Click their link down below. Check out their products and use code Philly25 for 25% off. That being said, man, shout out to everybody for coming out to tonight's show, man. It was a great show. Very much enjoyed it. And um, yeah, we'll have a couple things over the next couple days and, and we'll be back fresh and sharp on Monday. Yo, let, should we go live? I, I think we're going to go live for training camp coverage, man. I think we're going to go live each day because I, I want to hear from you and we'll also have the phone lines open. So if you got thoughts, if you got opinions all next week, man. Call into the show. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter, man. You know how to stay up to date, man. Thank you all for coming through. Hit that like for your boy, man. Subscribe to the show. And as always, I will catch y'all on the next one. Y'all have a great night. Peace.